Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or do It's Taruk the First Podcast. That's right. There are no lines. Right. No, not really. Yeah. Uh, hi, everybody. My name is Griffin Newman. My name is David Sims. This is a podcast called Blank Check with Griffin and David. That's right. We are hashtag the two friends. That's right. We do miniseries. That's right. About directors who early on had massive success. That's right. And then get a series of, <laughs> I don't know what, blank checks, one might say. One might. I uh, was feeling a little saucy that day. Yeah, to do their own creative uh, projects. Sometimes those checks bounce, and sometimes those checks deposit. Slow it down. Um, <laughs> trying to get saucy now. Uh, this is a miniseries called Podinator colon Judgment Cast. That's the name of the miniseries. It is a miniseries about James Cameron. We have been talking about James Cameron. Yes. Now, you and I have only been talking about him for two episodes. We're doing this a little early. This is our bonus episode. It's going to come at the end. Yeah. But we had to get on mic right away. Extreme circumstances call for extreme measures. <laughs> yeah. Okay? And on September 11th, 2016, <laughs> never forget, <laughs> something came up. Okay? Something came up, yeah. At that time, we had only recorded we Prana 2. We talked about 2 and uh, The Terminator. Yeah. Right. And usually we like to save the bonus for the end so that we can come up with our final thoughts, our in summation about the filmmaker. Oh, my God. But something flew into New York City. Yep. On on uh, orange wings. It wasn't a plane, thank God. No, Jesus. Oh, oh, it would have been too soon. No, come on. It would have been too soon. I don't endorse that joke. It would have been. I'm not joking. It would have been too soon for that to happen. I don't think it's funny. Move on. I don't either. A dragon flew into New York City. <laughs> that is right. A dragon by the name of Tarak, and it was his Tur- first Taruk, flight. Taruk. Taruk. I keep on getting confused with Tur- Tarak, Tarak the Dinosaur, the dinosaur hunter, hunter, who yeah, is right. an N64 computer game hero. Yeah. Taruk is a, a, a big orange dragon thing. A hero? Villain? Or yeah, both? Both. That's both. what the show questions. A Cirque du Soleil-inspired <laughs> show. That functions. No, it's an Avatar-inspired show. It is a Cirque du Soleil right. show. I mean, I assume they inspire themselves regularly. Yeah, well, I think that's part of the creative process for them. Yeah. And also, I'll say this felt a little more like a Cirque du Soleil-inspired show than a Cirque du Soleil show. It felt like a show-inspired thing. Like, I wouldn't yeah. go as far as to call it a show in some respect. It was definitely inspired by entertainment. <laughs> yeah, it was... It, it was brushing up against entertainment. You yeah. know, it was coming up coming up to the border of something entertaining. Yes. And then just stopping. Right. Turning around. So. Maybe sitting down. I felt like this was an omen. Well, okay. So we, I should say um, uh, a few weeks back, a friend of the pod, Esther Zuckerman. Esther who Zuckerman. Who talked aloha, aloha with us a while yeah. back. Uh, she IM'd me in the morning mm-hmm. and said, David, the Cirque du Soleil has a show based on Avatar. It's called Taruk the First Flight and it's going to be at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn like, you know, in September. What perfect timing. We're doing a James sh- Cameron miniseries. You should what perfect go. timing. You should go. Yeah. And I said, no, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. No. To, to Esther. Uh-huh. And she said, okay, great. I'm going to tell Griffin right away. Which she and did. he's going to make you do it. Which she did. 
and she, she knew. did, and she knew you would, yep. and she knew that once you knew I didn't want to do it, you would only be more resolute that we had to do it. Well, that's what we call a grift bit. Well, exactly. We, yeah, my friends uh, have long called it a grift bit when there's something that I find very amusing that right. only angers everyone else. Right. Right. And, then, and maybe, then it has to happen. And then maybe months down the line, people laugh at it in retrospect. You're like, all right, you know, it's, it's pretty funny that you did that. But in the moment, no one likes it. No, no. Yeah. I was pretty unhappy about it. I did yeah. not want to go to the Barclays Center, certainly not on September 11th. 2016. Well, it was a little too soon. Uh, it was just it, because we'll always we, be too soon we, to see we this show. <laughs> we're early in our miniseries. It's a little too yeah, soon no, that's because also we usually true. record the bonus after. Um, but I'll tell you what. I publicly shamed you. I you publicly a poll. shamed me, but yeah. here's, here's what happened, really. Yeah, something big happened. Well, a lot of things happened. We'll get to that. But no, it's more like, you know, I was like, well, why would we even go... You know, James Cameron didn't even direct it. No, well, I'll, you know, I'll introduce her. I'll okay. introduce her. Okay, because I'm going to do a segue. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, James Cameron didn't yeah. even direct it, and you were like, the bonus episodes are never about something that the person directed. Animatrix. Animatrix. Buried, Buried Secret Secrets. of M. Night Shyamalan. And I was like, fuck, he's right. Rhodey's Cameron only directed half the season. Well, yeah, that was... That was kind of a boss. No, nah, whatever. Okay. Whatever. Anyway, so... So we, we went. All right. What's your segue? And then there was something else that got you excited. There was. There actually was something else that got me really excited. One of the greatest friends of this podcast. Absolutely. The first guest what? we ever had. Is that true? That is true. Really? Is that true? Oh, no, no, no. no. I'm sorry. We had Connor Ratliff on season one. We had Conor one. Ratliff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you were the uh, second guest we ever had. One of our earliest guests. Good company. Yeah. And best buds. Yes. And yeah, one of my trivia... absolute favorite people in the world. Yep. Old Tri- trivia co- cohorts yep. of ours. And part of a two time Padme yeah. Ultra Shipper. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Uh, and and ja- big James Cameron fan. Sure. Huge James Cameron fan. Huge Aliens Love fan. Him. Yeah. Huge Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney. 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 I hit her name Sigourney weird. Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver fan. Yeah. Formerly Susan Weaver, as you all probably know. Absolutely. I mean, what yeah. a good choice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the great. The amazing, the effervescent Rachel Lang is here. She is here, and she was here at the Barclays Center with us and a couple other folks. We were publicly arguing about this on Twitter. She said, oh, my God, I would go with you guys. When are you going? I'll buy tickets. And then I didn't buy tickets. I didn't. I said I would no, buy David a ticket, and then I didn't. You were in there. Well, look, I, I got we a Venmo you 50 po- bucks. Yes, yes, yes you did. Look, yes. Yeah. Um, we all went yeah. along with uh, the wonderful Alex Pitts. Of course. Absolutely. And Ramona Head. True. Who was also part of our winning trivia team. That's right. And, and someone else. Someone else, huh? I'm going to tap my chin. Huh. Mm, God. Rub I, my... You know what? It's funny. I can remember the face because I remember looking and seeing someone leaning forward on the edge of their seat. Oh, man. What a great picture. I have it on in their my phone. chin. We'll tweet it out it? from the account once this episode comes out. We should oh, save great. it I'll, until then. I'll remember to tweet it out 11 weeks from now or whatever. Great. great. It just wrapped, eyes open, like a child, transported into a greater world. For once, he wasn't working. Because we all know him as one of the hardest workers in the business, right? <laughs> Absolutely. For, for once, he was enjoying the art himself rather than creating the art. And for once, he wasn't, you know, as he constantly is watching a movie because he's our finest film critic. He is our finest film critic. Is he our finest uh, circus critic? We'll find out. He might be. <laughs> like a good circus. <laughs> <laughs> he is... The producer of the show. Some yep. call him producer Ben. Some yep. call him producer Ben. Some call her the Banducer. Some call him her the Banducer. Wow. Some call her the. I look. Gender is fluid. Some call him Mister Positive. Some call him the tiebreaker. Some call him Birthday Benny. Some call him the Fuckmaster. They do not call him Professor Crispy. Nope. They do call him the Poet Laureate. Sometimes. Uh, they they do call him White Hot Benny, which is a new one that we're sort of trying out. Yeah, we're thinking about it. Yeah. What do like you feel it. about that one? Uh, White Hot Benny. It, it feels a little racial. To me. 
Ah, interesting. Didn't even put that together, but now that you say it, I can't unthink it. So there's that. <laughs> That's okay. my problem. I thought of it, and now I can't. It feels a little charged to me. We're, we're living in extraordinary times. Sensitive times. Yeah. It's very sensitive times. Uh, of course, you know, he has graduated to certain titles over various miniseries. That is true. Such as Kylo Ben, producer Ben Kenobe. Uh, Kenobe. Kenobe. Ben. Night Shyamalan. Ben Say. And he's going to have, oh, and Benny Lane. Yeah. He's going to have a Cameron name, but we are not even close to figuring out that yet. No, we'll do that one episode before the episode you're listening to. Probably. Uh, also, you know, there there is a vocal contingent that is arguing for a recount, and they want it to be, say, Benny thing instead. So, you know, keep that flame going. Yeah, I mean, if I get enough tweets about it, then I might care. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Producer Ben. Hey, guys. Wish him a hearty hello, Fennel. Please do. You can always say hello to me on the streets. So, uh, but I was there, and you were uh, there. Me and Ben hung out in the Oculus, oh, which is yes. the front of the Barclays Center, and Rachel for a good forty-five minutes while Griffin did not was late because the five train was being weird or something. Correct. Yeah, I didn't oversleep <laughs> that day. <laughs> I was wide awake. You were wide awake. In the words of M Night Shyamalan. In the words of M Night. Um, um, but we went to see the show, and then we went to see Taruk, the first flight, a Cirque du Soleil jam. A touring production. It's a touring Bar- production. At the Barclays Center, inspired by the film Avatar, but set a good Excuse me. 3,000 Inspired years. by James Cameron's. That's very true. Film Avatar. James Cameron's Avatar. Yes. Sure, you're, you're talking about the actual, yeah, here. The know, full title of the, the show is the, Turok the, the First the, Flight, inspired by James Cameron's Avatar. All right. Well, you know, good for them. A sort of experience. Yeah. You are so excited to be looking things up on your computer Oh, right my now. God. So, guys, I have wired internet today. <laughs> Wired through a wire. We're not complaining about Wi-Fi anymore because no way, baby. David's got a dongle, uh, and I probably will again bring that up many episodes earlier. But yeah. whatever. This is the first time it's actually happening. Now let's talk about the most important element of the show. Stephen, the ticket taker. So Stephen's oh a big God. deal. I, for one, Dude. I actually want to say, all right, I've been to the Barclays Center many times because uh-huh. I go to a lot of basketball games, and it's cheap. I'm not a Nets fan, but it's cheap, and it's near where I live. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of you guys had ever been to the Barclays Center before. I have seen, I saw Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's concert there. Okay, cool. Before. Oh, wow, they can fill an arena? Good for them. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a yeah. sacrilege yeah. tour. Yeah. Yeah. I went with my sister around. Yeah. I have a Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's t-shirt that uh-huh. uh, now is kind of a sleeping shirt. It's been so long. Rachel, you have to say it two more times now? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And now Beetlejuice has been summoned. Great. Uh, Beetlejuice is going to be our guest on the uh, Terminator 2 episode. Yeah. Uh, no, okay, so... I, I, I've, always, Visa, baby. I've always <laughs> I've always been totally impressed with their service uh-huh. at the Barclays Center. I think it's a well-run place. But I gotta say, Steven, second to none. Unbelievable. So we we go, we hear the show is starting. Oh, we hear the show is starting because Griffin is super late. Correct. <laughs> and as we walk into the arena where it's like shrieking like and drums. Like, yeah. yeah. I asked everyone to get there 45 minutes before the show so we could record our audio. And we did. Which, of course, meant that I got there 45 minutes after I said I was going to be there right as the show was starting. Exactly. Um, we There's a very long will call line. Yeah, that's true. So you had to get in the will call line because you had booked online. Right. And it's like, oh, fuck, I hear the show starting. I got my tickets. Okay, everyone come in. You go through security. We go to Steven, the ticket taker, and he goes, I'm sorry, these seats no longer exist. You have to get your seats exchanged. Right, and we're like, oh, Jesus Christ, we just need to Steven, get in are there. are you fucking kidding me? No, it wasn't Steven who said, oh, no, it was Steven. It yeah. was Steven. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking Steven. I gave him a little sass because at this point I was stressed out because I was you didn't, hearing. You didn't say fucking Steven, though. No, but I was like, I just picked these tickets up. 
Mm-hmm. And he was like, I know. I'm sorry. You got to go back. Right. And I'm hearing like, yeah, yeah. right, right. Behind so, the, the black curtains. Right. Like they had like screened off the stage. Da-da! Da-da-da-da! That's what, yeah, right. Okay. Except they didn't do they that. They didn't do the James Horner score. I don't they think did they did more of a <laughs> like the, it was like the survivor thing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, oh god, go back to the counter. Because we're gonna miss it and we're not we're gonna be lost. Yeah. We're gonna I, we're gonna miss the beginning yeah, we're of not, the story. To be fair, we did miss the beginning and we were kinda lost. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. do you think that would have helped? No, I, I don't know. Do not. No, I don't think so no, though. No. We did miss like the first five minutes of the show. They don't even have coming attractions. No, which was really weird. Yeah. Yeah, they could. They should have had some coming. They should have had some trailers, yeah. uh, you know, for Doctor Strange. Um, <laughs> they, uh, I, I'm like, does Stephen even know what he's talking about? I just piss, picked these tickets up. How could they be exchanged if the person just handed to me a, off the computer, right? Sure, sure. So I so go and I'm like, we walk over to the ticket desk, and, you know, like, and we're like, ah, we're this you know, guy said we were in section two hundred and twenty-two. We got the cheapest tickets the, we possibly which could, which is a nosebleed seat, you nosebleed. Know, right up at the top, the very top, three decks up, or the whatever. tippy top. Yeah, and I go like, he said, I need to exchange my tickets. I don't know what this fucking guy's talking about. Right. She was like, okay, yeah. And what clearly happened was we closed sh- that section. The show undersold, so they, uh, yeah, they did it undersell. They took everyone in the nosebleeds and pushed them into one section, and ninety percent of the nosebleeds were completely vacant. Yeah. And there was one section that everyone was crammed into. And they were like, you know, overflow of the nosebleeds now that we don't want staff roaming the rest of it. Right. Here are your new tickets. Row nine. Yeah. Yeah. Courtside. We're suddenly fucking courtside. Yeah. Yeah. We have like $1,500 tickets. And I went up and I was like, Steven, thank you. Steven was like, see, they're much better. But Steven, before he even said that, he went, whoa. Yeah. He was impressed. Because he thought we were going to get upgraded to like second tier. Right. Right. At best. He was overjoyed for us. I've never felt like someone else was happier for like our fortune than I did there with Steven. No, and I've never felt happier to have someone in my life than I did mm. to have Steven at that moment. Right. So we now sit down. We sit down, row nine. The show is underway. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> uh, Ramona is lit. She somehow has already like consumed a couple gin and tonics. Yeah, our friend Ramona is very drunk at this uh, point. He's wearing a sweater. Rachel and Alex, you guys are having a good time. I was odd. I was I was sitting in between. Yeah, you were odd. Yeah, yeah, no, not odd. Oh, well, I am. Yeah, you are I, a little odd. I am but odd, but all? I was also odd. So we walk in, and it was pretty. It was, it was also because, again, there were black curtains around the stage. Yeah. So, like, at a basketball game, when you walk in, you can see this, the court. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's like everything's open. But they had they blacked it all out. And so when we walk in, it's like we're being transported into another world. Yeah. The world of Pandora. Lang, would you like to sort of describe what, what we see when we walk in, I in mean, a general sense, what the show looks like? Yeah. I mean, you're going through those black curtains, and then it's totally black in the stands as well and someone is ushering you down and you turn toward the stage and it's a full basketball court covered in like uh like paper mache <laughs> yes, and uh yes. projected lights projected lots of projected uh, scenery you yeah. could tell that they didn't really want to like paint or build too many things and instead use lights to yes to make those uh colors and effects which worked for me uh quite a lot they had a giant tree which was not the tree of life or no. spirits or well, no, it was the important a, a tree. home tree. It was a home tree. Mm. Right. Mm-mm. You know, the big tree. And that tree. Then there's also the, what's it called? The soul tree? What the, the fuck is Mother it? tree well, or whatever uh, it's called. Jesus, yeah. how do we like, already it, not remember? It was house or <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yo, it was house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the, like the tree is sort of like almost functions as the curtain. Like it opens mm. up when they need like scene changes. 
And then there's like a couple sculptural pieces that can transform. Sure. But there's a lot of like there's projection. There's this big ring yes. of wood hanging from the ceiling. It's like a wooden, yeah. It's like a wooden and crown. And there's like a center yeah. pillar that everyone sort of dances on at some point in every yes. scene. Yes, yeah. that is true. There's one other thing we're leaving out. Uh, which please. is a cast of tens of Cirque du Soleil's finest dressed as the Mighty Navi. Maybe. Dressed as either the Mighty Navi or dressed in black uh, so that they can do puppeteering of animals. And yet, even the black costumes also had tails? Yeah, so the black costumes, they were like silent, like invisible sort of like puppeteers right, you know, stage hands, and stagehands yeah. and whatever. And they all black, no definition, no color. But but tails and their and the ears they're, they and were the ears and the and the ponytail you know the the braids as if we would be so taken out by the appearance of a non Navi figure on the stage they were shadow Navi right, right well the show asked if nothing else it asked to transport us to another world it said may I transport you to another world absolutely it's, and, it said may yeah, yes may I and I think ideally you know they would love if every audience member had horse blinders on so they couldn't look at their friends sitting in the sure. seats next to them. Because they would love it if it was completely immersive. And this, well, they were trying to be immersive because this was a, a an experience where you could download an app. What was it called? Taruk, the app. I mean, this is I, <laughs> this is Lang's territory because Lang Lang discovered the app. Yeah, I was just uh, doing a lot of googling about the show <laughs> beforehand. I really wanted to get a primer uh, so that I was, you know, familiar with the material and could honor the story and the experience mm-hmm. um, appropriately. I That's love, always your priority yeah. is honoring the story. I love research and I love story. I would say you may have honored the story better than the Cirque du Soleil did. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You did a great job yeah. at this show. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this app. Yeah. Uh, the app. Uh, we kind of just you... do nothing. Sure. No, it's it's not really an app. It's like a flashlight on your phone. That yes. Looks like right. lights. That looks like a eyes. Sorry. Sometimes. Yeah. It could. It would just sort of rumble once in a while and be like, point your screen at the stage. But so I thought that it was going to, I thought that the light from your phone was going to be a signal to some sort of a camera or puppeteer sure. in the show who sure. would then like drift uh, like fireflies from the show toward you Ooh, or cool. like interact with you no. interacting. And no, it was just like, uh, like a beacon or some sort of activator. It was like a lighter. It was like holding up a light. Right, right. It was just basically a. Yeah, to telling you to hold up a light. But yeah. it was cool. It was effective at parts in the show where it was supposed to make it seem like there was a bunch of those creatures in the audience and the the eyes would all be glowing throughout the stadium. Like, that was really cool and Yeah, I'll, I'll say it was, like, more exciting to watch other people do it than it was to do it yourself. Yeah, like right, It was kind right, of a right. hassle to do it. Especially because you would hold it and then you'd sort of, like, look at your phone like, it's still yeah. going? Okay, it's still going. Well, and my phone was slower than everybody else's phone. So, like, Griffin and Ramona have their, like, beautiful, scary viper wolf eyes pointing out at the audience and I'm still trying to load the app. Yeah, I didn't even download the app. I had a uh, pretty low battery. It was, uh, it was the end of the day. I did too, but I, I wore my battery out <laughs> running the app. Uh, my phone died in the second app. Yeah, it seemed like one of those apps that had run your battery low. Yeah. yeah. I forgot my password. <laughs> yeah, your phone? Yeah, yeah, no, Ben could, had forgotten his iTunes password, so he <laughs> couldn't could download the app. It was sad. Yeah. So, so, I mean, clearly you can tell we're really into the show by the I, amount I just, we've discussed it yes, so far. I yeah. just want to explain a little more detail what this app does. So there's <laughs> like there's like a tab that says, like, further explore the world of Pandora. And you're like, oh, cool, it's going to have, like, a glossary or whatever. And you hit that tab, and it just sends you on a link to the Turok website. Sure. Right. So there's nothing in app that, like, tells you anything further about the show, right? And then there's, like, check-in. So you, like, tell them where you're sitting, and you're like, oh, is this going to... This feels like this would activate things coming yeah. towards your seat or whatever the fuck it is. 
nope, never comes into play. But you tell them you're at the show, and it's sort of linked up to the the show. And so at certain times when there's a moment in the show, it says, like, you know. The uh, Viber Wolves are coming. Right. And it says, like, turn your phone, your screen towards the stage in 30 seconds. And then I think the full list of things that happened were there was, like, uh, when there's sort of the flying sort of glowing sprites in the Avatar world, it would be, like, the audience would hold those up, and it would look like a lot of soul, like, lone lights in the audience. But it also just felt like, well, so there's one part where there was a thunderstorm, and it activated the flashlight on the back of your phone so it looked like lightning. Sure, yeah. There was the Viper Wolves part where it was, like, the two green glowing eyes, and if you held it up, it looked like a sea of eyes in the shadows. And then there were some parts where it was just like flashing colors. Although uh, Ben, I remember Ben being very excited by, I think it was the finale and the lights were changing colors and flashing in time with the music. Yes. Oh yeah, that was that was so cool. That was pretty chill. But it was kind of, as you said, just like a digital lighter. Yeah. 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 I mean, right. And I, I kept getting alerts that I had missed all of the alerts. So right. it really sucked for me, I would say. Yeah, I had 25 notifications from the Turok app. Uh, like, And some of them were just like, visit the merchandise stand, which we'll get to that. There's definitely a merchandise spotlight here. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I forgot. All right. Okay. Okay. Taruk the first fight. So when we walk in, we're in media res. I by, guess so. By default, because I was because late. Because we were late. But we right. were only like five minutes. Yes. The show had barely started. Yeah. Right. I think we thought we had missed more and then realized as the show went on, like, oh, this doesn't really have a- There's not more. There's right. not more. Right. So we enter to a bunch of people as Navi, like, going up and down ropes and jumping around and going like, ah, and speaking Navi and doing some trampolining. Yeah. The show's a prequel, <laughs> right? To, it's a to Avatar. Huge, all right. So I did some, I did some looking yeah, on the Avatar like wiki. It's a long it's time. It's set in the uh, 7th century BC. It's set in the 800s, okay. 800 BCs. Or does it go backward? BC? Hey, look, I don't know. Yeah. Look, it's set in 873 Wait, in BC. Avatar, they believe in Jesus Christ? Yes, they believe in Jesus yeah. Christ. Of course, they accept him as the Lord well, no, Savior. Well, no, BC stands for before Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like- Cameron's the Jesus figure. If- all right, I actually want to look this up. If yeah. Avatar the movie, ta- it takes place in like the late tw- 2000s, right? Like, yeah, 21 something. Oh, fuck, right. I just loaded the last Airbender wiki. This, that's a problem. Yeah. Here we go. Avatar All takes right, place sorry. like 21 and change. I'm going to guess 2139. Ooh. Uh, okay, let me let me actually uh, let me con- confirm that for you. Uh, 2154. Hey. Close. Pretty close. There's and a lot of years around yeah. there. In Avatar, as I'm sure we discussed in our episode, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> the, the character of Jake Sully Ugh. mounts... Yeah, he's a great One guy. of everyone's favorite lead characters. <laughs> mounts Taruk and becomes Taruk Makto. Yeah. And that's what impresses everyone and anyone's impressed with him. The biggest uh, fucking uh, Leonopteryx or whatever they're called yeah. that there is. Right. He mounts it. And he's the and they fifth say, guy to mount it. Okay, fifth. But it's not it's not a thing that happens every day. Not a thing that happens every day. I'm looking it up. Okay. No, he's the sixth. I think he's the he's the sixth. Okay. It had happened five times before. What this show is about is the first time. So in a nutshell, this show is about the first time that someone rode a big ass dragon. Correct. In the world of Pandora. Yes. Among the Navi. Yeah. And according to the Avatar Wikia, which is James hyphen Cameron's hyphen Avatar dot dot com, because they have to distinguish themselves from the cartoon, which is so insane. <laughs> um, that happened in eight thirty seven BC. Eight thirty seven BC. 
Okay. So, so th- basically 3,000 years ago. Yeah, this show takes place thousands of years earlier than Correct. the movie. Now, can I just ask, because I've never seen Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> Yet. Does, yeah, yeah. But by the time. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. that's weird. But yes, okay. at the time we're recording this, you haven't seen the film Avatar. Sure. So uh, does their world have anything to do with the uh, music streaming? Does their world have anything to do with music streaming? I can't wait to hear where he's going. I don't know this. what this is, but go no, on. No, it doesn't, Ben. Why? Pandora, Pandora. Uh, oh, you know, oh, I get you. Yeah, I gotta yeah, say, yeah. Al- my girlfriend was there, and she was looking over my shoulder at the app, <laughs> and it said like "jump into Pandora," and she was like, "Oh, like is there a playlist?" She thought that like there was a oh, link sure, up right, with right, Pandora. Oh, sure, right, right. That we, you could do a Pandora streaming. Makes sense. That's such an obvious time. Pandora was a thing. Yeah. I feel like Pandora's just not enough of a thing anymore. Well, yeah. people still do it. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. You seem I judged. only know that because my friend tweeted about refusing to date people who use Pandora. So interesting. Sure, sure. Yeah. So also, title has taken over. Should mention. Sure. Should mention like that, yeah. that that Alex and 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 you had seen Avatar. I thought you were going to say I had seen <laughs> the first like. We saw it every <laughs> day. Your second every day. Ben before. and Ramona had not. I had never seen the movie. Right. But wait. Was it you? I had seen it maybe twice. No, but Alex like oh. only seen it, but like thought it was the cartoon. Yeah, Alex, my girlfriend had gone to see it. Was invited by her friend in two thousand nine. Two thousand nine, right? Yes, she told this story. Time. This was yeah. a great story that she told me before we went into the show. Okay. So I think you missed this, Griffin. Two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. The great Alex Pitts is invited to see Avatar, and she's all excited. She gets to the theater, and this weird movie starts up with like a spaceship and like <laughs> people flying on it and another planet, and she goes, "Wow, this is kind of a." A long trailer. Yeah, she was like, All right, when we get to the, <laughs> we get to the fucking cartoon, man? That's yeah. what I'm here for. She thought she was seeing Avatar the, la- or the, last, the last Airbender. Last Airbender. Yeah, it was a big disappointment for her. It is crazy those two movies came out within a within year, a year of, of each other. other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like within six months even. Um, okay, so <laughs> this show takes place thousands of years earlier. I think that is because... As we know, James Cameron has now threatened to throw four Avatar sequels at us. He has. and Promised, he, not threatened. <laughs> promised. He's broken his promises yeah, before. Yeah, uh, and he um, keeps on pushing them back, and the scope keeps on getting bigger and bigger without him really disclosing what's happening in the other films. But I think like Cirque du Soleil, in making an Avatar-inspired show, had to keep, like, give him a lot of space because it's like he's doing four sure, more they movies can't, i get you they can't fuck with the current avatar world at all right right but also even in terms like of maybe pre- not even a prequel right, right. Well, even with prequel it's elements like across four films like who knows how many directions he's going to go into and i read an interview he did with a uh, vulture and they said like the incubation of the show they immediately came to the question of like well it has to take place before uh humans make any contact with Pandora. Sure. Because the scale issue will become too huge. Right. Well, they're supposed to be bigger. The Navi are big. They are big. But in this show, they're person-sized. Right. It's because they don't have anyone to compare themselves to, any humans to compare themselves but, to. But he said, like, you know, if the if you have Cirque du Soleil performers playing the Navi, which is what you obviously want to do. I don't know. Maybe they shouldn't. Maybe they should only have basketball players. I mean, they were at the Barclays Center. Minute Bowl is... <laughs> Go on, go on. Uh, they um, Manupal is kind of built like an AV. He's got the long, spindly he's very limbs. long and spindly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
the, he, Cameron said they even at a certain point looked into projecting the humans at three feet tall so that they could have humans. In the I would show. have loved that. I wish wait, that wait, would have he happened. Said that? that they were like, they were like, oh, can we project them? Can we do holograms? Like, what can we like? Holy shit! I've yeah. got the perfect fix. Just use all the props and stuff and make them like hobbits, like you know, like trick, like that visual trick, like but make them real small. You can't do that when there's people at all That's perspectives. The you would need an AV and a human standing next. You to would each need other. everyone to be sitting in the same seat somehow. <laughs> All right. Well, I tried. Um, so they they were like, let's set it thousands of years before and tell a story that one could argue has no impact on the Avatar films whatsoever. Um, so is that why this show took fucking seven goddamn years to like be on stage? Like just when at the right moment when nobody cares about Avatar anymore, it's like, here it is, Taruk. It is the weirdest moment to possibly do this show because we're what? I mean, what's Cameron saying 2019 we're getting Avatar 2? I think maybe 18. Here, well, I, can, I can see what he's thinking. I'm, I'm sorry. Blazing fast love, internet. Love looking things up on this yeah. internet. Oh, well, apparently maybe 2018. 2018 is how it's listed on IMDb. Okay. So I would say it's going to come out before 2030, maybe. Yeah, yeah. right, right, right. Well, because he's doing, as someone tweeted, and I forget who, but it was a great joke, he's doing the Breakfast Club thing, where it's like uh, Principal Vernon, like, threatening Bender with more and more uh, detention every time he speaks up. You want to make it two weeks? It's three now. Four weeks, you know? Every year he goes like, hey, I'm sorry, Avatar 2's been pushed back a little bit, but good news, another movie. Like, it started out as Avatar 2, and then became an Avatar trilogy, and then it was, he's going to make four movies, and now it's five. I feel like we're going to talk about this on the Avatar episode. But this is also maybe the space to talk about. It might be. Yeah. Waiting for it. Uh, so this is now the first new piece of Avatar content released since 2009. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. So, like, Avatar isn't at its, like, peak in the public consciousness, despite being still the number one highest grossing film of all time worldwide. Mm-hmm. And one would think if they held on to the show for another two years and sort of released it as part of the you know, pre-Avatar 2 ramp right, Maybe then maybe they'll do the second ride. In- Taruk the second oh, ride. Oh, Taruk ride know. too? Yeah. yeah. We're going to have to go if they do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Just kidding. We don't have to. But this is a weird moment. The show has sort of no impact on the larger narrative of James Cameron's Avatar universe. And it's just telling you like a thing that happened in the history of the Navi. Sure. But we should mention this. Uh, the main Navi in the show do not speak in English. They speak Navi. Yes. The constructed language that was created for the film Avatar. There was only one. That now has almost over 2,000 words. That's insane. Yep. There was only one English speaking character in the entire show. Yes. And his name is. The narrator. His name is the storyteller. The storyteller. He is a man. <gasps> the storyteller. In sort of red robes. And he's speaking in this like very, very like crisp. Yes. Yep. You know, mid Atlantic voice. And he's voice. walking around the stage and. You'll always hear him talking, and he'll kind of like scan you. Like, oh, there he is! He'll he, be like in a corner of the stage, like he was over by us a lot, or in the audience. He it was like in the, or planted in the, in the audience. It got really confusing for me because he every time he would appear, you know, I would start to get ready for it, and then I would like see a guy coming down the stairs with two popcorns for his family, and I was like, there? Oh, no, not him. Yes, this was a big problem. This was a really big problem. Is that the stage, the, the audience was lit so dramatically so that people, because at points I were planting Navi in the audience, the storyteller was always popping up, that like there was a part where I thought a guy was about to make an entrance and he was a dude in a yarmulke. <laughs> that would have been a great twist. Oh, but it was boy. very confusing. Then The storyteller was 
I when we walked in, he was describing the like daily habits of the Navi, right? Yeah. Like he's planted. You the were iron. basically just seeing, yeah, like the sort of hunting and gathering rituals. It was, it was like David Attenborough, but yes. yeah. 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 And I was like, this is an interesting take on the show. It's like a, a live dance based Navi nature documentary. But then the storyteller like kind of like pieces out. He like bones out for a while. Yeah, he's around, but he doesn't do much. But I thought he was gonna like narrate the whole thing because sure, it was right. like, well, Cirque du Soleil, it's not dialogue oh, based. You're getting thing. to the fact that after he leaves, it's just Navi. Yeah, it's a yeah. little like the Star Wars holiday special. Right. Where you're just Yeah, like, it's like Chewbacca and yeah. the, the Wookiees, yeah. Yeah, and you're just sort of watching shit happen, and then he would come by I mean, and give watching, you like go ahead. one or two sentences at a time explaining like what's going on and then leave Maybe. you for like ten minutes. Yeah, he. I mean, it's acrobatic. Yes. Yeah, but they tried to force this story on it. They did. I still don't really know. Uh, I looked no. it up after the fact, too, and I... I've looked it up after the fact as well. I... So, like, apparently there were two main characters, maybe. Uh, At least yeah. two, maybe three. But so there's there's Ralu, uh-huh. sure. who I think was... Mohawk? No, I don't know what they look like. I mean, they're all the blue. The Mohawks were all just the one tribe. Yeah, the Mohawks yeah. were the one tribe. Right. The, the basic crux of this show is... I don't is... know. There are two male characters, Ralu and Entu. One of them rides Taruk at the end of the show, spoiler alert, but I actually don't know which. Yeah. And then there's a girl. Oh, uh, I know it. Chisial. Yeah? Which one? So the way it goes down well, is. Well, don't spoil the ending. No, it, spoil the ending. The way it goes down is what? It's like we're, we're, we're start out with one tribe, and it's these two characters you just mentioned, kind of like almost rivals in the sense they're trying to, like, you know, move on to manhood or like warriorhood. Uh-huh. And there is the the one male character who uh he's defeated and he runs off. And he's the one at the end that defeated Navi uh-huh. who rides Taruk. Okay, right. Cause oh yes, he rises to the occasion. There was like a test at the beginning of the show where right. they made this show was very like dangle based. Like it's a lot of dangling. <laughs> yeah, it was basically like, and now the trials begin. They have to dangle. Yeah. And now they have to get the thing. This artifact, they have to dangle on a rope. Because, like, Cirque du Soleil, in addition to sort of, like, body contortion sort of stuff, is also known for, like, a lot of, like, aerial kind of, like, beauty and majesty. Yeah. And this was, like, there wasn't any sort of trapeze. For a show called The First Flight, I was ready for more wire work. There was, was no like, wire double work. dare. Do they? It was, like, double dare. They'd, like, I, drop a rope from the ceiling, and then they'd do some dangling. Isn't that the their thing? Like, I have never I seen Cirque du Soleil before. I thought there was, like, a lot more. Like, I mean, I've yes. never seen Cirque du Soleil. I thought there was, like, going to be, I'll say I thought there was going to be a lot more flipping. Uh-huh. Uh, there was not much flipping. There no. was hardly any flipping. There was a lot of tumbling, which I really Tons liked. Tons of tumbling. I yeah. loved the tumbles. Um... And yeah, there was a lot of like spinning on a single-handed like twisty rope, yeah. which is like sort of a, a spin on a dangle. It's not quite a dangle; it's where, spinning. Dangle. Where are the right. clowns? <laughs> They're in Queens. It, ben, ben had a lot of complaints about circus elements that were missing. <laughs> not a lot of circus, yeah. For sure, I, like no animal. So, so did you hey, viper wolves? I'm looking this dire up. horses. Oh, yeah, there are puppet animals. There are puppet animals. Yes, done through reverse puppetry. Yeah, which is puppetry from the ground up. But but there was <laughs> what it's called. There was a lot of like, uh, yeah. I mean, it was like they'd like get on a thing and then they'd like hold on to it and they'd do some climbing and then they'd like. Let go, and they'd be holding on with their legs, and they'd like flash you like all of their like inner organs. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and their bones. You got a good sense of their yeah. skeletons. Yeah, I saw a lot of pelvic floors. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but yeah, we should. They're in 
they're clad in head to toe body stockings with right. like abs painted on, like yeah. sort of, and like Navi, you know, the blue sort of like little tattooy kind yeah. of like the markings the on their bodies, the, the yeah. spots and right. the stripes. Yeah. yeah. So, and you could tell these people were they they are fit athletes. These they, are this, this yes. is circus performance. These they, are people they, with like perfect bodies. But you you're almost not even seeing them because yeah. they're in these kind of lame stockings. I guess that's it sort of how like it a goes. Yeah. David and I were talking about how like I think we would have preferred for everybody to be like nude, nude, nude painted, yeah. painted blue, painted nude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a weird because they were like body socks. I mean, they were like very thin material. But it not it, thin enough. Yeah, because it just felt it felt like not thin enough. <laughs> thin enough. Uh, yeah, we should say there was no nudity in this show. No, it's a family friendly show. There were a lot yeah, of kids in the audience. Yeah. There were. We were aggressively shushed once by somebody with a couple kids who was, as far as I could tell, filming the entire show on her phone. She filmed right. all of it. I was <laughs> like, sitting right there. Like her phone her. was like filming the whole yeah. show. She was like at road three. Yeah. And uh, I don't, I mean, you know, you got to be there. To yeah. See, you know, you can't really experience Taruk unless you're there. No, I mean, there, yeah, like here we go, fucking Cirque du Soleil and James Cameron are holding hands, trying to transport you to the world of Pandora, and you're hiding behind your fucking phone. Yeah. If that's not what Avatar is about, I don't know what it is. It's about getting back in touch with nature. It's about fucking becoming yourself. No, it's about like finding five specific items from <laughs> well, I'm the five the world clans. Of about, oh, yes. sure, sure. Okay, so early on the show, there's some dangling test where they're above a fire. <laughs> they have to dangle above a fire, there's like a which fire. is kind of cool. Right, and they got to dangle, and one of them dangles really well, and then the other one slips in the dangle and falls Can down. I just right. say- And I then think... breaks his bow. Right. He, oh, out of, from anger. Out of rage. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was kind of an odd choice to base a show about acrobatics and about uh, using your body well <laughs> around a character- who is bad at that? Sure. Yes. Uh, I just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> I think that's a very good point. I also will say, at the moment he fell from the dangle, I thought we were watching some Spider-Man turn off the dark shit. Oh, like, you thought for, like for a moment, things had gone wrong? For one moment, yeah, until they... everyone reacted very theatrically. <laughs> right, right, right. For right, one right. moment, I was like, oh, fuck. So It was convincing bad dangling. Yeah. But but like okay, so the test goes. They break the bow. They run off, and then there's this sort yeah, of. This like, is Ralu and Entu. It's okay. two boys on the brink of adulthood who decide to take matters into their own hands when they dream that an earthquake is going to hurt the soul tree or whatever the fuck it's called. Right. And they have to get five artifacts to to stop that. Well, their elder happening. sort of does some sort of mystical, like looks into the thing and then conjures something. Yeah, there's this elder lady who sings. Yes, she sounds like Bjork. She's sort of the CCH Pounder type character. I in guess the she's show. the mystic, but I she's took got a video of her. She's got I'll like a Bjork, a Bjork voice, and she's wearing this dress of like I, I don't know. Those like, of the Jewish like faith could bread. relate her to a, a, a cantor. A cantor, sure. Yes, sure, she yeah. sort of reminded me of the cantor at my local shul. Sure, yeah. That's what I remember because she uh, pissed me off. <laughs> Great. I got bad vibes from both this character and the cantor at my local shul, and. She sort of like throws out like suddenly, like the plot's cooking, right? It felt like after like twenty minutes of a lot of dangling and like a lot of sort dangling. of like movement work, she like throws down the gauntlet and something you went, about like, five artifacts, right? And you right. were like, okay, here, video stakes, game, stakes video game. Stakes. She said, in order to stop the earthquake, you're gonna have to unite the five tribes. It won't be easy. There are five artifacts you gotta collect, and it's like great. They gotta go to different places. They gotta talk to hostile tribes, yes. and from each tribe, they gotta collect a relic. Easy. The stakes are so clear in a nonverbal show, I'll understand exactly what's going on. And then what proceeds to happen is about an hour and ten minutes of more dangling. Dangling, dangling, dangling. It'll be like 
They well, go on, Rachel. Well, and I was I thought that it was just scavenger hunt, but then I realized that the and I, when I say I realized, I mean I read it online after the show. <laughs> right. Um, uh, that the artifacts are not necessarily to unite the tribe. They are to summon Taru. and then uh, ride Taru. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. But Just clearing that up. They don't talk about the, Taruk yeah, much. Yeah. He, his shadow is seen before the end of the first act. Uh-huh. Remember briefly? It's prophesized that he's the only one who can yeah. stop the earthquake. And we'll get to how he, quote unquote, stops <laughs> the earthquake. <laughs> but uh, so they have to go to various tribes. Yeah. And each time they have to do a, a new kind of dangling <laughs> yes. to get. So at one point they go up to the big wooden ring and they get like a tulip bulb out of it or something. Yeah. But they, did you notice this recurring pattern of every time they met a new tribe, the tribe would just laugh at them. Yes. And then they would have to prove themselves by rope dancing, basically. Yes, yes correct. Yeah. <laughs> the new tribes were the tribes were hard to distinguish because it's all blue people. Yeah. Like maybe they have like a yellow hat or something, but like right. it's pretty subtle, right? Yeah. Some of them had like Tangerine Ninja Turtle armor. Where sure, yeah. Like some of them had some armor. That's they had some true. shells. Yeah. There was the tribe with the mohawks. Yeah. But one it, girl had like a yarn skirt. Yeah. yeah. So, but like there's one where they, they go to the crown and they get the tulip bulb. Uh-huh. There's another where they build a skeleton seesaw. I thought it was a telescope. Yeah. Rachel leaned over to me and said they're building a skeleton telescope. Because she got really excited. <laughs> yes. The narrator, the narrator, had said, here, this tribe, like, they see the stars, and right. they, like, predict shit and whatever, yeah. and I was like, oh, my God, they they're a building telescope. a telescope out of bones. No, this it is was amazing. just a seesaw, and they, yeah. like, got on either side of the seesaw, and it went up and down. But it's a seesaw in the shape of a skeleton of a Thanator. Th- th- I guess so. A mighty Thanator from the world of James Cameron's Avatar. Correct. Then there were some other, I already forgot some of the other tasks. Do you yeah. remember any of them? There was I remember water. Yeah, there was some water shit. There was a raging thing. river, yeah. and there was the turtipede. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, they, cool. oh yeah, that's right. There was like a turtle, but it's like a, a sort of a turtipede that was like skating around this floor, and the floor would like they projected water onto the floor, and which they I kinda, liked. It was cool. Yeah, and they had like a canoe, and the canoe yeah. was moving around, and we were like, "How's that moving around?" And then we looked closer, and it had wheels. Right. So that that shattered the illusion. But, but they whatever, were projecting you know. like wild <laughs> rapids. You said that the turtipede looked like a Roomba, which it did. It was just sort of a motorized big thing that kept on going around. I loved it. Here, I mean, here's the thing. So they, Cirque du Soleil has done, uh, has adapted uh, the works of musicians before. The Beatles. They did Beatles show. They did an Elvis show. And I think there's one other one I'm forgetting. But they've done three music theme shows. They have never adapted like a uh, dramatic property before, right? Uh, I don't think so. I, I know this for a fact because James Cameron was bragging about it in this Vulture interview. They did a Michael Jackson show. That was the third one. It was Michael Jackson, Elvis, and the Beatles. The sort of three, like, you know, cornerstones of popular music. And then other than that, they, they've they always done original shows, and they are ostensibly non-narrative pieces, right? Yeah, they're, they're based on, like, delirium or, like, party or, or you know, like... Clocks. Right. They're, yes, clocks, uh, which you can now see in Vegas. It's at the blush. I swear to God that's in Queens right now. Really? A big t- I mean, maybe it's oh, just steampunk. Yes. No, but... I did get the flyer for oh, that. Oh, yeah, the yeah. steampunk yeah. one, right. Yeah, yeah. what's yes. it called It again? just looks like clocks to me, I don't know. And they have. Par- oh, and they had a Chris Angel show. There, there's Paramore right now on Broadway, which is like the magic of movies themed, but it's sort of about like the the. the it's about the magic of movies. It's not like a narrative, you know. There was Zarkana, which was like a, a magic of stage, like stage magic one. They are like there's the, a lot of them. The crux of it is I like, think they've run out. 
yeah. of like stuff. They've done a ton of shit. Right. And it is like, you know, if you go to Vegas, there are like 10 simultaneous running Cirque du Soleil shows. And I asked my friend when I went to Vegas, my friend Sam Regal, uh, I, I was like, uh, but, but does every fucking casino have like their own Cirque du Soleil show? And he's like, that's the standard by which casinos judge themselves. There are f- six current running Cirque, right. du Soleil, Cirque du Soleil shows in Vegas alone. Yeah, he was yeah. like, if you don't have a Cirque show, you're second tier. Like, that's the thing is people fight to become legitimate but enough to get a Cirque show. Why the fuck do you, like, okay, so how many people were in the audience? You think like 5,000 maybe? Maybe. Like, it's uh, Barclay seats 20. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, 4,000. Like, not a lot of people were there. I'd no. say three to four. Were people jazzed about this show? Didn't seem like it. The people who were there seemed jazzed about it. I mean, yeah, but it was, right. we did see people lining up to go in. And there wasn't, saw... like, a lot of clapping. Mm, no, no, but it was I tried to clap very vigorously anytime anyone went up we were a rope. staring, and I, we were, like, at, like, a reaching distance between the performers and us, so it was, yeah. like, really I awkward. I just didn't feel like, you know, like, a real atmosphere in the crowd of, like, oh, shit, you know, but let's say this Skeleton, also. Seesaw. I don't know. This is kind of a point I was building up to. It was a surprisingly austere show. Like, it was very invested in sort of, like, the self-serious yeah, integrity yeah. that, like, James Cameron has invested his world of Avatar with, there right? There's no joy, yeah, yes. in this show. Yes. And also, like, uh, okay, so if, if Cirque du Soleil is doing, like, a steampunk show or, like, a history of the movies or fucking Elvis, it can just sort of, like, explore the feelings of a thing and then just go wild in terms of physical movement and just, like, fucking convey that however they want. But this show has, like, one-fourth of a plot. Yeah. Which means that they sort of have to abide by this thing that, like, creates confines of how much crazy physical shit they can do. Right. And 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 that cuts both ways because it's like, well, the show is less, like, physically, you know, like, aerobatically stunning than Cirque du Soleil, I think, can be because they're trying to tell this thing. But also the narrative doesn't really work because the narrative is like trying to like have some propulsion behind it and be like there are stakes. The earthquake is coming. They have to unite the five tribes. But in order for Cirque du Soleil to do the things that they do best, things have to slow down to a crawl. So it's like characters are dangling and tumbling when it's like well, they're I like time crunch. This seems like the least efficient way to get across this river right. is for them to just keep dangling for a while. Dangle, dangle. Like the show was like very slow. It was excruciatingly slow. Yeah. Uh yeah, I I would say it like was the short. Most, yeah, it was an, an hour and a half, half a twenty yeah. minute intermission. Yeah, yeah about you an know, hour. It in. also made me think of medieval times. Yeah, it did. It had that kind of vibe to it. Yeah, but they didn't have any audience participation. <laughs> no. They had the app. <laughs> the, yes. No, but I wanted to get in the ring with them and mm. do a thing. Uh, Ramona kept on leaning over to me and saying that she wanted to quit her job and join Cirque du Soleil. Yeah, but she was, again, lit. Very lit. I think she would have been wonderful in this show. She would have been great. That's not in question. Uh, she also claimed that she was as physically capable as everyone in the show. <laughs> All right. Anytime they did something, she'd went, I could do that. Well, I, I mean, the, the most impressive part for me was on the bone seesaw. It felt like... Uh, the the bone saw. <laughs> the bone saw. You ain't going nowhere. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, sure. Bone saw. Yeah. Thank you. Bone saw McGraw. Bone McGraw. All right, It felt like the Olympics because they were just yes. on like a what is that the the beam the is it called long beam what is it called yeah uh, yeah the long beam yeah yeah okay balance high beam? balance beam yeah balance yeah, whatever yeah. yeah I believe it's uh, a bone saw. <laughs> McGraw. Yeah. My favorite Olympic event. Yeah. Uh, so it felt like that, and that was cool, and I was like, okay, this is moving up and down, and you're doing the shit that I just saw, like, Simone Biles do, and I'm very impressed, and I love it. Do more of this. 
and then it was just tumbling and also like they did like a lot of throwing spears and catching them but like not throwing them at anything just like throwing them up in the air like okay we're ready to go on this hunting mission and I caught my spear and then they would walk away with it uh so well that's this like weird thing I've only seen one Cirque du Soleil show prior to this in my life and it was probably like 15 years ago and I don't remember it that well right but I just remember. So you have seen one. I I've had seen never one seen before. One. I saw one probably like when back I was back when like, it was hot. Back yeah. when it was the cool new thing in the like late nineties. Yeah, I think I saw one. I think I probably saw one like two thousand one, right? Uh, and I just remember it being like this sort of like there was so much stimuli, you know? There was just like so many things happening simultaneously. Whereas this felt kind of like, as you said, like an Olympic event where it's like I all eyes on this. One person's gonna do one thing. And they're also limited to, like, what the characters would be capable of doing in well, a way. that's almost the problem with setting it in another universe. Right. Like, yeah, and also, like, having, like, characters but, with a thing to accomplish. But you get, I can see, so apparently, like, they saw, like, the early cut of Avatar before it even came out, like, some Cirque du Soleil. You can see why they'd be like, oh, this is right up our alley. And it has sort of a vibe thing. people, they're yeah. all spindly, like, they jump around and fly, and come on. the music and the aesthetics of Avatar feel kind of Cirque du Soleil adjacent. Right. You yeah, know? it felt like world music, like yes. a world music concert, kind of. Right. And, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Those, and you know, this sort of like... banging on some 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 skeleton bones, of, you know? like, <laughs> mournful whale singing, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and just, like, kneeling and, and crying. And this kind of, like, faux spiritualism, I mean, you know, this earthy, like, yeah. I always make, like, any war movie, you know, like, any modern war movie. Yeah. That has, or any real, any, really, any Hollywood movie that is, has seen set in the Middle East. There's always that thing where, like, it'll, like, cut to ah, Saudi Arabia and yes over the subject ah, ah, you know just the prince like, of Egypt they're just yeah. like let's let's get <laughs> like, come on let's get someone in here for you know do some world music yelling over the soundtrack like no effort is made which avatar does too it does but yeah. i mean avatar is playing in that pool of yeah. like that's what the navi and are they're just right. sort of like catch all native folk you i know, took a like... video of the singing too <laughs> yeah you took some videos i took a couple you took ago. a couple of videos. not yeah. as many as that lady yeah my favorite part of the show is when david took the video and said this is gonna make the great vine <laughs> and then he vined it motherfucker vine i vine that shit it, it was a, it was vine. the skeleton yeah. song the yeah. lady in front of us was literally Started recording at the beginning of the show, yep. finished recording at the end of the show, Correct. just recorded the whole show. Yes, that is it. Right. stopped at one point to shush you guys. Yeah. Yeah, but she didn't stop the recording. No. Uh. Ben was quiet, 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 just watching the show. As a mouse. Yeah. yeah. I loved watching him watch the show. I was taking it all in. I, yeah. I've never seen Ben look so intensely focused. I, You know, when I get put into a circumstance where I have no idea what's going on, I really try to figure it out. Uh <laughs> Hey, can I tell you guys what my favorite part of the show was? Please. The, you know how they had plants that came out of compartments? Yeah. Dude, that shit's cool. I loved that, too. Yeah. That was cool. You were really into that, though. Yeah, I was you really started, into it. Was it Ben or you it was who started me. being like, I want my life to have like plants that come oh, out no, of that compartments? Oh, no, that was Ben. That was Ben. And yeah. I like wasn't quite grasping what Ben was saying. I don't know. I Oh, I also ate a mac and cheeseburger, but I think I talked about that. We should cut to yeah. our, okay. our experience. Yeah. So, That's so true. we recorded yeah. a lot of audio at intermission. So just to catch you up, by intermission, I think they had gotten three of the five relics, right? Three that of the five artifacts. Right. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then this is the Although, audio. like, I think we knew they'd gotten two, and then they were like, and now they have three artifacts. And we were like, oh, yeah. I guess the oh, third one the third was in there was, somewhere. Yeah. Uh, the third one was inside them one all of them, along. One of them was a doll that looked like Toruk. Uh, and I think that was like the first one they got. Yeah, it was a sort of merchandise spotlight within the show. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, anyway, go and on. This artifact yeah. is available for $65. <laughs> 
at Taruk, the first merchandise stand. <laughs> so yeah, so in the middle of the show, Ben brought a microphone into the into the Barclay Center. And, Snuck it past security, and uh, we did a little little recapping of our insta thoughts. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. So this these are our halftime thoughts of Taruk, the first flight. Uh, we're going. All right. So uh, here we are, blank check, um, halftime for the Turuk. Turuk, the Turuk. first flight. This is me, Dave Sims. Oh uh, yeah, and this is uh, this is producer Ben. Hey Ben, so we've just taken in, I would say, for the first the first hour or so. Yep. And then we're in the intermission. So we're just now uh, eating some paisano burgers. Yeah, we got some paisano burgers. I got the um, the what's it? Mac Mac Attack burger. It was the Mac Attack burger. So it's a, a hamburger. Uh, with mac and cheese on top, which is a classic Italian-American dish uh, that Paisano replicates faithfully at the Barclays Center. You know, so, all right, Ben, um, I'm going to give you some thoughts, and then oh, I yeah. want to hear your thoughts. Of course, of course. So, going into this, I would say my feelings were uh, I was nervous and I was upset, mm-hmm. and I was a little hot. Sure. It was very hot today, and we had to stand outside for a while because Griffin was really late. And then uh, we were supposed to sit in Section 222. Right. But then they moved us to Section 5. And uh, just that's like, uh, it's a lot closer. Yeah. Oh, we're uh, like, we are very close. And so no, we're in section nine, row five. Right. So we're basically, I mean, I think if you're in a basketball game, these seats cost like $1,500. <laughs> oh my God. Like, you know, we're, we're courtside essentially. <laughs> but we're not courtside for an NBA game. We're courtside for Toruk, the first flight. For rope dancing. Rope dancing, a lot of rope dancing. Mm. So there's a lot of, there seems to be a lot of Pandora and marginalia, you know, like, Everyone looks like a Navi. They're talking in Navi. There's a lot of Navi animals, Pandora animals, but um, they are speaking in like the. They're Avatar speaking Navi. Language. Yeah, yeah, they are. So but, um, did did they come put out like a whole like a dictionary maybe? Yeah, or, yeah that's maybe they did. I mean, I, they built the whole language out for the movie. Okay. So that's great. Really happy they're respecting the tradition of the Navi with that. But <laughs> no, my my biggest thought is. Here, I have to give Ramona another fried pickle. No, I don't want one. They're okay, bad. she doesn't want the fried pickles. All right. Um, my biggest thought is it's mostly rope dancing. Yeah. You know, like, with all that window dressing, but it's really just rope dancing. What do you oh. think, Ben? Well, I think um, great butts. <laughs> I want to start there. Muscular, athletic butts. Oh, man. Everyone's got a great, great butt. Um, I love the design of it, like the, like the, the set design. One really cool thing is they keep having plants come out of compartments mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then shrink back in. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. I'd like to incorporate that into like my daily life. Or I would like that to be... Into blank check? Maybe? You could have we some could, plants? I mean, yeah, we could do that. We could have a plant that comes out of the table that you record at. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking more, though, I like that as a design element that I'd like to incorporate into my daily life. Mm-hmm. Like, I want mm-hmm. there to be tables where you push a button and something comes plant out comes of out. it. That would be cool. Well, yeah. And then at another point, there was a flame. Oh, it was yeah. pretty cool in the center of the stage. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, oh gosh. Ooh, okay. All right, hold on. I gotta hand this off to uh, Griffin. I'm gonna give this over to Griffin. Yes. All right. All right. This is David. I have the microphone right now. Uh, we're being told to download the First Flight app, which has uh, been part of our second screen experience. Now I'm gonna talk to Griffin Newman, co-host of Blank Check, with Griffin and David. Hi everybody. This is Griffin Newman, a co-host of the podcast Blank Check with Griffin and David. Now Griffin. We're with our friend Ramona. She's drinking a gin and tonic. Getting drunk. Yeah. That's my yep. third gin and tonic. Yep. I'm drinking. I'm on my first uh, gin and ginger ale. Mm-hmm. I should mention that Ramona has never seen the movie Avatar before. That is true. That is true. Neither has Ben. Neither has Ben. Uh, so Griffin. Yes. Thoughts. 
after I, Act One. I think it's just a crackerjack show. <laughs> we we talked about butts already. You have your butts. So I'm gonna give some unqualified praise. Oh, there's a lot of good butts in this show. If mm-hmm. you like well-formed mm-hmm. butts, I mean, obviously, look. The, the stamp of equality of, of on Cirque du Soleil is we know we're going to see well-toned Griffin, bodies. just want to remind you, there are tons of children sitting within your shot of us. be very clean in the way I say this. You're seeing people in peak physical condition who have honed their, their bodies with precision, like the blade of a knife. It is sharp, it is precise, and it is designed... And it's super hot. It's super hot. It's designed to do one task, and that is to, to communicate to ribbon. us... The story of Taruk the first flight. No, no, no. The correct answer is to go up and down ribbons. Okay, there are a lot of ribbons in this show and people going up and down them. I've said this is a very dangle-heavy show. Most of yeah. the stunts That's are connected explicit. to dangling. Wait, I have a question. Taruk the first flight. We know that Taruk has flown at least once before this. In the film Avatar. The, in the film Avatar. No, this is a prequel. Killed, oh, prior no, no, to killed this. killed the person with the red mohawks family. Well, do you want spoilers? So what about this is the first flight? No, I think someone is going to... All right. This is conjecture, it's speculation. This is what but we my, believe. My guess is by the end of the show, someone's going to mount Taruk and fly on him. Taruk, FYI, oh ooh, Ramon is real buzzed. All right, yeah. Taruk, FYI, is um, the oh big my. orange thing. Taruk is like one of these flying things. Mm-hmm. It's not a Navi. No. No. Oh, didn't you see the shadow? And it's also, it's pronounced Navi, oh. bro. So, guys, just, just to, just, I'm talking to my mouthful, but yeah. that conversation you just overheard should, it should give you an idea of, just how incomprehensible the show okay, is. The show is great. It's it's nice, clean, economic plotting. The show moves like a freight train. <laughs> There's no fat on it. Right. It's like, like the from ribbon dancers. scene to ribbon scene. <laughs> and, like and here's the thing that everyone else isn't saying. This show is really funny. It has a razor sharp wit. Just by, all right, two notes to that. One, no one's <laughs> saying anything about Taruk the first flight. Two. It's not funny. <laughs> it's very funny. It's got a dry, subtle wit, and you have to get on its wavelength. You might not notice the laughs if you're not looking for them, because it's really kind of a test of intelligence. Oh. But the show is very, it's very funny. All right, so, like, this is, Driven's just doing a stupid bit. It's not funny. It's also... Wait, get out of here. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. I mean, I mean... It's like, it's got the, it's got Griffin, the... Griffin, look. The razor-sharp barbs of a New Yorker this cartoon. Is, look, look, I, Maybe you're not... Gales of laughter aren't heard, but you're quietly laughing right, to yourself. All right, look, I'll give you that, of course. It does yeah. have... It has a barbed wit. That's true. <laughs> yes. But it, this is... You know, look, we do our podcast for fun, but, you know, we're, we're serious critics. Very serious. Ramona, what are you about to say? Ramona's Ramona keeps leaning in very critic. threateningly. Ramona's very drunk. Did you mention the uh, seat upgrade? That we- I mentioned the seat upgrade. I've given uh, our listeners the full story of the seat upgrade. And did you give a shout-out to Steven, who Is hooked it- us up with the seat upgrade? Um, Steven, who works at the Barclays Center. We'll talk about him on the, okay, we'll talk about the rest the of the pod, this, but so I just want to say yeah. the service at the Barclays Center has been extraordinary. Yeah. It's a great arena. And I support its staff, yeah, especially. This is definitely the best $13 gin and ginger ale I've ever got. <laughs> oh, my God. $13. I spent $12 on my Mac Attack mac and cheese burger. All right, Ben, do you want the... Uh, oh, let's you're go, just let's taking... Let's go Lang and Piss. Lengthwise. Keep it over All right. Back. Ben, I'm going to hand you over. Uh-huh. Uh, so you can talk to Lang. Are, are you still eating? No, I'm almost, I'm done. You can have the last of these fries. No, no, no. no you like... eat the fries. Oh, no, yeah. yeah Ramona yeah, can, have, Ramona the can have the fries. Okay, wow. She... Oh Ramona dough for those fries like yeah. Taruk diving for the families of the Navi that he has slaughtered. Maybe, I don't know. Does he actually kill people? It's hard to tell. All right. Um, Ben, uh, if you want to ask a couple questions uh, from our other seatmates, please go ahead. Uh, Sure. All right. So, um, okay. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Hi there. Uh, Previous guest on the podcast, Rachel. Thank 
you. How are you doing? Great, so great. Good. Okay, so I wanted to talk to you about how you like the show so far, and and please introduce your your friend who's joining us today uh, for the show. Sure, sure. This is my girlfriend, Alex. Alex Pitts. Hi. Hello. Um. Yeah. Columbia great. grad. Great. Okay. And, um, an English major. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Uniquely uniquely qualified actually to review this show. I think. Okay. So from a literary standpoint. Uh, how do you feel the story is unfolding? Is it? Is it? Oh, can you follow it in any way? Yeah, I feel like Joseph Campbell would be proud of this show. There's a real hero's journey happening, mm-hmm. um, a quest that is being fulfilled. So yeah, yeah, I'm happy. I mean, I don't know what's happening. I haven't seen the movie either, but I don't think that that matters. I think it's just not. There's not much of a story. It's just like you know, rope it's, uh, stuff. It's a, what's it called? Um, a scavenger hunt. It's a scavenger yeah. hunt. Mm-hmm. And I, we're here at intermission. With a lot of tricks. And I can't tell if it's been completed or if there's more, or there's like... Two or three more talismans. Okay, great. So that answers that. The English major's on it. She's got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Still going on. Um, now, all right, this was a thought I had while I was watching it. Uh, I think that... They're doing some really great stuff with like the the set dressing and the costumes. There is those fan costumes. Yeah, that was cool. Um, I really like the sound, the ambient sound of water in a stadium. Any thoughts? Love it, love it. And I love projected stars on the floor because I feel like it's different. Like you'd expect the stars to be like on the ceiling or on the walls, for example. And Oh, I think it's starting. Yeah, well, okay. It's been great. Yeah, thank you for being on the... Just going to sign oh, off with a few comments. All right. The lights are darkening. Ben, uh, ben smells of cigarette smoke. Uh, dry ice is wafting onto the stage. Uh, the Navi are coming down the stairs. Everybody's apps are going haywire. <laughs> Guys, this is insane. I don't know if we're going to survive this. It's been wonderful talking to you. This is David Sims with Blank Check. And then, great, those were our thoughts wow. great. on Turok the First Flight. Now, in case you couldn't tell, I was having a laugh about the show being funny. Yeah, you were uh, doing this whole annoying bit where you were like, this was a really subtle, like, wet, barbed, funny show. Uh, I think everyone who listened to it will agree that my bit killed. <laughs> of course, they murdered. Great, yeah, great absolutely. Bit. Rachel didn't get the chance to talk about something that happened whilst we were uh, uh, purchasing burgers. Oh, we have to talk about oh. Sauce Boy. Oh, yeah, <gasps> yeah, yeah. Sauce Boy. Well, that didn't happen to me. No, I but, know, uh, but it's related to no, what I missed, happened to I missed both of these things. I you have not went, heard these stories. Did you go to the merch stand in the intermission? or where yeah, did, you, did, I you did, I did a, I did a cursory source scanning and decided I would wait it. until the end of the show, and yeah. then I went and got drinks. And the, But I was not online for food with you folks. We went to go get food. Me and Ben and Rachel, I got a mac and cheeseburger, as previously mentioned. Mm-hmm. I spent $15 on uh, Budweiser and water. Yep. Um, <laughs> really good about that still. Yeah, I did $26 on two gin and tonics. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. better value yeah, than 15 yeah. bucks for a Budweiser. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then um, Ben and David and Alex and I sort of all made eye contact at once. And, <laughs> and then we made eye contact with the cashiers. And it was as though a cloud had sort of uh, come over all of us waiting in line for food. Uh, I think you had said, I can taste the fart in my mouth. <laughs> I, I think that's the quote. I remember something to that effect. It was very strong. It was dense like fog. Yeah. <laughs> we were wading through it. 
Yeah, it was like, oh, okay, a uh, brief tangent. Uh, my grandpa is from this uh, small town in Pennsylvania that is known for the Denora Fog, which uh, <laughs> which up. swept over the town <laughs> one night. Wow, a fluoride fog. It killed like 20 people and made yeah. like hundreds sick. Thousands. Thousands. 7,000 people is, were wait, injured by the insane. Denora that's, Smog. That's where my grandpa's from, and I felt his one legacy. One of the worst air pollution disasters in the history of the United States. This is like a real thing that happened in the real world. This Until... sounds like a plot point from Avatar 4. Like a fog that can kill people. Yeah, so okay, anyway. until until this moment in line for my $10 Budweiser. Not since the door of fog. No. As an airborne <laughs> attack. So all the cashiers were pretty startled. What was really funny <laughs> was that chefs were coming out from behind to smell it. And then chefs. some. I heard someone be like, chefs. So it'd be like, you nasty. Come on. What do you what do you want to smell a fart for? Okay, I have some questions asked since I wasn't there. Sure. What was there any sort of theory as to who had laid it? Like, was there a scanning around to see who looked guilty? I was thinking it was either an old person or a kit. But there wasn't like a, a person a you kid. could see who this looked like. It sounds like something. There's no that way it was a kid. Happened no? and the person okay. moved on and it was. That's what I was gonna down. ask. Do you think okay. it was a crop dust? Thing? I have a theory now. Uh, I didn't see this man at the time in line, but that doesn't mean he wasn't there. Okay. I saw him later. He was an older gentleman, I would say late sixties, early seventies, and he had uh, a button up shirt that was like not the material that those ever are. It was like the material it was like a, a stretchy button up shirt. Interesting. That, that was uh completely skin tight over his whole top half. Kind of he's the purpose of buttons. Yeah, and he kept sort of walking around all weird around the uh, the merchandise stand, and when I saw him later, I thought, that guy. This guy could be a phantom farter. Yeah, He's absolutely. a fart and run guy. Other than that, no idea. Okay, interesting. Ben, uh, any other ideas? Yeah, I, I saw an old lady online with us and I felt like you know you get older you start taking medications and it's just like sometimes you let things you know slide out great Ben Hosley fart detective <laughs> can I throw out a theory sure and I wasn't there no and hindsight's 2020 it is and I'm certainly not telling you know the three of you are three of the people I respect most in this world absolutely and I I'm not saying you should have been doing anything differently because you know will you please say your theory you were looking on the ground. Uh-huh. We should have looked in the sky. <laughs> I Taruk? mean, Taruk might have farted, and he would have been able to get away from it really quickly. Sure, he is. And he's a huge dragon. We don't know what's in they his fucking diet. They call him the last shadow. Yes. Yeah. That's if there, what Taruk means. If there was a fart unlike anything you had ever smelled before, then perhaps it came from a creature unlike anything you've ever seen before. Do you know what I'm saying? Of course I know what you're saying. I think mean, this it's, was it's ter- a terrestrial. Very, it's a logical theory, and I'm glad that we've aired it on this podcast. I mean, it's a good thing to talk about. Taruk the first fart. <laughs> Can you tell the second story? What's sauce boy? Okay, so me and Ben, <laughs> me and Ben were, were getting food, and Ben was telling me how much he likes condiment stands. I do. I love, if you've got a, like, if you go to a place and they've got, like, a really fancy condiment stand, I'm like, Which Whoa. they've got at the Barclays Center, they've got okay condiments. Uh-huh. It's not many options. You know, it's, it, and I told him when we were getting our food, I was like, I don't know if you're going to love the condiment stand, because I've been there enough times, I know, you know, it's, you got your ketchup. Yeah. You got your mustard. Yeah. They got some sauerkraut. <laughs> yeah. And they got the kind of like hot chili you can put on a hot dog. Oh, that's pretty good. That's Not, not every place will have that. I, I think, think they have banana peppers. Yeah, hey, but it was all but open that's air, you know? It's, it's open just air. like hanging out. Okay. And I don't I don't feel good about so, that. So me and Benny collect our food. <laughs> yeah. We walk over to the condiment stand. Uh-huh. 
And I was sort of saying, like, eh, it's not great. And Ben kind of looks over at me, and he's like, and then he sort of stops himself, and he's like, ah, ah we'll, we'll talk about it later. And so I'm like, oh, well, okay. And so we, we move on. We go back to our seats, and then, Benny, you want to take it from here? Or? But sure. So I yeah. there's a gentleman who worked at the Barclays Center who was sort of, like, manning the station. By manning, we mean... Standing, standing by, by the station, just with kind his of arms at his side, sort of just okay. wiping things down. I guess, and I didn't want to talk bad about you know what he does, okay. but I, I, I did refer to him as a sauce boy. <laughs> well, you wanted to refer to him as a sauce boy, but you didn't do it in front of him. No, right? no. So that's I think you're about to say like sauce. I was going to be like, yeah, yeah, this sauce boy isn't holding up his weight here, you know, <laughs> something to that effect. But then I corrected myself whilst telling this to David, and I right. said he's more of a condiment man. Condiment man was how you put it. Right. But I just like sauce boy. <laughs> so that's the sauce boy story. Uh, he joins the ranks of bad zoo boy. Yep. Yep, bad zoo boy. That's, that's right. True. Ben's bad boy team. <laughs> so Ben's bad boys. Uh, yep. One day we'll do a whole episode just with them. As Ben's bad boys. Stars. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that would be like Blank Check the movie, as Ben has to unite the bad boys. Right. <laughs> Are we fight, in Blank uh, Check the movie? What? Are we in Blank Check the Movie, or is it just Ben uniting the Bad We're in Blank Check the you Movie. You guys are the narrators. Yeah. yeah. yeah right. Well, And yeah. Martin Lawrence. All right, so yeah. well then, good way to segue to part two. Okay, second act, two more relics, <laughs> artifacts One go. of the relics is in the floating mountains, and they sort of yeah. pulled some mountains up And they looked strings. cool. That looked okay. You're giving me a real, like- They looked cool. They looked okay. Yes. And they meet uh, the clan that, like, Jumps around on the mountains. Once again, time is of the essence, and they're taking a really long time to get around ever because they got tumbling and dangling to do. Ribbons. Yes. And then Taruk shows up. Oh, well, first, they come out with kites, and they're all oh, sort of- oh, yeah. That was really cool. It was parts they had, of it. They had cool. small- They were sweeping the kites over the seats. That was kind of cool. The small dragon kites, and the kites were pretty- They were pretty kites. And that was yeah. like the regular- uh, uh, what the fuck are they called? Leonaprex. Yeah, what like you know yeah. the dragon things that they all fly. There yeah. were like four kinds of kites, and there was like a parasailing thing yeah. as well. And there was the one that felt like um, like you know those cat toys that look like little fishing rods, and you just like <laughs> boing 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 boing. Like that was exactly what one of the ones that yeah. And they just kept like I was impressed by uh, how in sync everybody was. I know that's their job. Yeah, but when twisting something in the wind, no, it's hard uh, and walking. You could sort of see the fear in their eyes, but uh, that was when the show felt like the most real uh, to me. And then Turok shows up. Yeah. Well, and just, you know, we haven't, we've mentioned this, but I just want to point out the creature puppet work was really good. I mean, you sort of derisively said, like, well, this is just the Lion King now. Like, you were like, they're just taking Julie Taymor's thing. No, I said that, like, early into the first act. It was literally they ripped off the Julie Taymor animal puppets. Yeah. 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 But it was that kind of style where it would be yeah. like someone was, like, the hind legs and they're dressed in black and then they're... You know, they're controlling operating the first some leg. legs. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it was all really good. I mean, all the puppets Ugh. looked really cool and were well operated. Mostly looked good. Ben had a problem I... with one of them. Yeah, there was the the horse the horse guys. Dire horse? The dire <laughs> yeah, horse? Yes, yeah. The dire horse. Because it was two people in it. Right. And then the person who was the back half, he controlled a a, a, a third set of legs. Yeah, like six they were legs. Middle they were six leg. legged horses, yes. Yeah. And the one guy was terrible. It was just, he was like just not selling the kaklop kaklop kind of thing. <laughs> so just to clarify, there were on stage I'd say four dire horses. I think that's right. Yeah, each dire horse was operated by two people. That's right. And Ben specifically took umbrage with one of the eight people performing. Yeah, the it was front. sort of it was sort yeah. of a left shark situation. Right. right. Yes. Hey, yeah. no, Rachel saw it too. I did. I'm Team Ben on this one. <laughs> yeah, I saw yeah. it, and we, and he was just everybody else had like a rhythm to like okay, this is the front left, and then the 
run, run. Sure, and then, right, right. And, you sure. know, and it was all going. And this guy was just stomping, stomping, stomping. And then anytime he wasn't moving, he would still sort of like <laughs> aimlessly wiggle them. And it just didn't uh, it didn't work for he me. He was showboating. Yeah, no. He hadn't showed up to rehearsal. It took me out of it. I felt like I was immersed in the blue world. And then I just got pulled right out. Okay. Ben has not seen Avatar at this point. So... There are two more artifacts. They get to the dragon people, and then suddenly Turk shows up. He flaps around for a while. Now, let me say two things that might sound contradictory. Taruk looked amazing. Looked pretty cool. It was pretty. It was big puppet, but way up in the sky, operated by a few guys underneath. Eight guys, I believe. I think we all had the same complaint at the same time. Which was thought he'd be a little bigger. It wasn't that big. It wasn't huge. And especially when the show is just building up. Like, we're at, like, fucking minute, like, 78 Yeah, now. we're like, all right, well, you know, we're in the final act here. Come on. Right. He was, like, the size of the big, like, flower nipple that was tangling out one of the artifacts earlier on. He was, yeah. like, the same size. Yeah. 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 He was okay. Like, in He in, was big enough to probably, you could imagine, like, maybe two of these guys riding him. Right. He kind of looked like the size of a regular dragon thing. That's what I was going to say. Because yeah. in Avatar, they give us a sense He's of scale big. when you see the regular dragon riders, but then when the big Turok-esque dragon comes in, it was like humongous. Like Jake Sully looked tiny on his back. And this looked like one of the normal-sized dragons. But it was pretty beautiful looking, and it's flying around from the ceiling. And uh, they're all sort of, I guess, simultaneously like uh, uh, t- terrified and en- entranced. Sure. I mean, they crouched... In there fear was like so many times. There in was the some show. story yeah. element where he had like killed the family of one of the characters, right? But that was sort of vague. Oh, and I at some point one. they like, <laughs> at some point these two main characters, the one who failed the test and the one who succeeded, like collect a third person. At some point it became it three people. Matter. Guys, no one cares about this. But Let's we kept on being on. like, she's a princess. She was a princess. Yeah, she was a princess of one of the tribes. And they were like, just take her. Look, anyway, someone <laughs> can we can her. we get through this? Someone tries to ride to Rook. It doesn't work out. But then how does that catch an on fire? Then there's an earthquake. Okay. Then a volcano melts oh, right. all over the stage. It was lava. And the, and once again, the lava's projected on the floor, which is cool. The Pretty floor cool. projection was cool. And you've got the soul tree thing, the like big USB hub right. that they all plug their brains into. Yeah. And that's under threat from the lava. Then they open a waterfall, and it kind of kills the lava, but it doesn't as well. Like... Yeah. It was hard to pick up what was happening. It, like, like hardens they were like, the lava on worked, the ground. But then there's still a fire, The tree I guess. was still on they, fire. They, like, broke open a mountain yeah. to create a waterfall. Right. Which I think David and I were theorizing, like, it stopped the lava from continuing to, like, be lava. Yes. But then there was a resulting fire still, like, from, it was yes. still too hot. Right. The, the lava on the ground had stopped so people could walk on the ground. Because at first there was, like, a river of lava underneath their feet. Uh-huh. And that stopped, but the lava had already hit, like, the base of the tree, and the tree was on fire. And the tree is, like, not, like, wilting, but, like, collapsing into the the stage at the right. Bar- Barclay oh, Center. Yeah. Right. Like, it was sort of just, like, like crumpling up, right? right. It's, like, getting shorter. And then our, our main character had sort of like disappeared like it seemed like maybe he had died yeah and Taruk had sort of disappeared and then they like re-enter like he's on Taruk's back and it's like oh he's the first rider he has tamed Taruk he's the Taruk Makah Mekto Mekto um rider for last shadow um and then so he flaps around for a bit then Taruk like keeps touching the lava like he like touches it with his wing and it's like oh and he touches it with his like tail his dainty little feet and then he dies but then he kills the lava I I didn't understand. Because the tour comes out and it's clear, like, okay, this is 
this is Chekhov's gun. Like, you know, <laughs> right. the first act they set up Turok, right? Now the tree's on fire. Obviously, Turok's got to start it. And then when he came out, you and I turned to each other and we were like, how's he going to stop it? Like, what, does he have water breath? Like, what's... I thought he was going to, like, flap his wings and blow it out like a big candle, right. but... But uh... instead, they, like, lowered him very close to the floor, and then the, like, wings would just sort of, like, tap the fire a little well, bit. Well, and, okay, I just got to talk about his legs for a second. Because sure. they were, like, they were, like, big, long frog legs, but they were, like, sort of stuck together like a Barbie leg or something, and they just kept sort of, like, daintily, like, down and hitting things, and yeah. I thought it was so it, cute. Uh, it was so annoying. <laughs> it was pretty cute. I liked it. It was pretty cute. Uh, so, he had a ferocious growl. That is true. Good you growl. know what? Actually, good sound design for yeah, the show. Yeah, the sound yeah. was pretty good. It was sort pretty of quaky sound. Like it was, you could really feel it when it was loud. I had commented, I love the sound sort of, rumbled, of dripping know? water. Like I mm. love it, and I loved hearing it in a stadium even more so. This and the sound system was really good. I mean, Barclay yeah. Center, top notch. Uh, tech specs, but um, they uh, yeah, Turok sort of pats the fire a little bit, and then at some point just dies. He dies, but that kills the fire. I guess the idea is he's like blowing it out with his wings, but we do not see that. And no. I feel like they could have accomplished that now, here, like visually yes, on yes. stage, yeah. like it was possible. Yeah, but, but it felt like the only thing they designed the puppet to do was flap up and down. So they yeah. like, there wasn't a lot of like it was performance a big ability. It was a huge puppet, but could have been bigger. Could have been bigger. Definitely could have been bigger. <laughs> now maybe like. Right. Like my note might be bigger. Big. Uh, the tree's there. It, all the fiber optic cables are, are lit up. And as we know in the motion picture avatar, no True. spoilers uh, for Benny, but uh, it, it, it has been seen to have the ability to perhaps resuscitate one or at least transfer them into a new body. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Th- there is revival. You can like plug your consciousness into it. As a byproduct of the tree. So you're like, well, they're going to save Taruk because obviously. No, but he doesn't have like a brain. And then they just, Taruk just dies next He's to the tree. But they like stretched the cables out. Like that was the part was like they had the cables and then you thought that you knew all the cables and then more cables came out and they got really long. And then it was just sort of like they're lying there next to like a dead dragon. Where did the Navi, like how does the Navi plug into the dragon? I know he doesn't have a braid, but they they plug into each no, other, right? No, he does have something. Yeah, he has like a port. He's got a port. Oh, he's yeah. got a butthole. Ah. It's not well, the butthole. It was the butthole. No, it's like a port. In That's what butt. a butthole is. Yeah, yeah but a butthole is a port to the toilet. Oh, boy. All right. So it's been too long <laughs> yeah, since I've seen Avatar. Port-a-potty, that's what it's named after? Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Port Authority? <laughs> they call it that because it's like a it's butthole. A, it's like New York City's butthole. It's New York's uh, butthole. It does. It really does it really, function that way. Yeah. Um, shits into New Jersey. Yeah. It shits you out of New York City into New Jersey. <laughs> Slowly. Yeah. Um, so that's Turok the last first fight. Let's never speak of it again. Okay, so I have some more things to say about it. <laughs> the dragon just dies. They're all there with the thing. And we kind of turned to each other because we were like, well, so we thought that the the when. Go on. Jake Sully becomes the Turok Makaha. What's Turok? Makto. Makto. We assumed it was the same dragon that we were seeing in this show. Right. But this dragon conclusively dies. We were like, they have to bring him back to life because he's in the movie. No, but I think it's just his ancestor. So here's the, the fucking thing doesn't live for 3,000 years. So my question is is that like Turok the fifth? Is that the like biggest, James Turok the fifth? The biggest. In the film dragon Avatar, is, is it James Taruk the fifth? Yes. And correct. how do they make more of these dragons? The biggest one Are is there dragons bang? Okay, That's so how that, it works. So is Taruk not his proper name? Is it a title? Yeah, Taruk means last shadow right, in he's Navi. Like, right. Yes. He's like the, the Totus. English title for him is- He's Taruk of the United States. Exactly. He's Totus. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> English title is 
a giant Leopteryx. How do you know all of this? I have the Avatar with me. Oh. And, and there, my super fast internet. There can be only one? Is it sort of like whoever well, is the biggest dragon the at biggest, that time? Right? right, so that you get right. the title when you're the biggest one. I guess so. So it's not necessarily like a family lineage thing. It's like when one dies, they're like, okay, but who's the next if, biggest? What if you're assume... there and then one gets bigger, then what do you get called if, if someone's like uh, supersedes you? Number as... two. Number Great two. question. You can call number and two. see, this is, Ling, this is why we have you on the show because you're not afraid to ask the tough <laughs> Thank questions. Thank you. Thank it's you. True. No answer. No answer. I mean, Jimmy, come on. Flesh out this world. Give us those 12 more Avatar movies. We got unanswered questions. Maybe yeah. it's like Mr. President. Like, you still get called like Mr. Taruk. You've always, if you were a Taruk, you always will be a Taruk. Yeah, maybe. Even if you're not the Taruk. You know yeah. what? The current though? Right. You know acting what, Taruk. You know, right. Guys, you know what, though? What? It doesn't matter. Nobody cares. But here's what does matter we, <laughs> we've left something out. Oh, which is that we? the show had a huge twist. Oh, ending. shit. I forgot about the twist. <gasps> okay, guys. So, Taruk saves the day. They're all sort of mourning him. Safe. They're all They're plugging in. Him. They're fucking the tree. And then the narrator comes out, the storyteller. Yeah, the storyteller. And is like, that is the story of the first fight. Taruk. Sure. Mark I keep Toe. on forgetting Mark Mark Toe. Toe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Rider of the last Right. Year. And he he gave his life to save our tree and keep our people alive. Taruk, to be clear. Yeah, yes. he was the first Taruk Makto, but he wouldn't be the last. Sure. And Did how solid. do I know that? Because that Taruk Makto was me. And this was my story. Blackout. Hard blackout. Um, and I... Turns out it was a memory play. And I went like this, like this sort of... <laughs> like mind-blown face. You like were the, so the, impressed. The gesture. And one of the... I saw one of the performers looking at me as I did this. Yeah. And with like a big grin on my face. I'm really close to the stage. Yeah. And so I felt doubly happy because I think he genuinely was like, yeah, we got him. We got like, him. Bam. But it's like in a show that didn't have much of a narrative, they like do this like rug pull at the end that was like, you thought I was just an impartial narrator? Nah, bro. This was my story. Boom. And I can speak English. And I've been speaking Navi this whole inner show. When did he learn English? Well, that's uh, hopefully what the sequel is. I mean, Uh. we've joked about Turok Flight 2, but uh, that's that's hopefully what the sequel is. They're never going to do it. I hope they do five more. I hope they (laughs) announce that they're going to do five of them. Um, So that was, it was pretty good. What do you think? Verdict? I mean, look, I had a great time watching it. Yeah, but I was with some of my favorite people. Exactly, we ha- we were all we were all good, having a good time. We were having a great time, and we were sitting close to the stage. If I'd been sitting in those nosebleed seats, especially because we saw yes. the like poor thirty people who were like stuck up there, we would have been miserable. I would have been very unhappy. A lot of our enjoyment came from the fact that we were like thirty feet yes, away from right. everyone. Hey, at and all if times. if we were as early as we were supposed to be, Maybe we might we not have, have ever gotten those sure. seats. It's true. You mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. welcome. Yeah, thanks. Thank you, Five Train, yeah. and not Griffin. And Steven. Yeah, oh, and, oh, and big Steven, ups to Steven. Big ups to Steven, big ups to the whole Barclays Center crew who yeah. clearly did not give one shit about Taruk, the first flight. They all seem Ramona, kind of Ramona, who was working. not sitting with us, totally just walked on to the, like, you yeah. know, walked down to our <laughs> section and sat next to us. Nobody cared. Because they had put Ramona in. She had bought tickets. We, I bought they tickets They looked at for our tickets once, and they were like, right. hey, you're over there. I like, bought tickets for the five of us, and Ramona bought her own ticket independently. So she was not reassigned. She was put into that one shitty nosebleed section, yeah. and she just walked down five sections <laughs> yes. with no trouble. I think everyone who worked at the Barclays Center was a little embarrassed to be working. Yeah, they, they're used to, you know, pretty sold-out uh, Nets games and, yeah. and, you know, Jay-Z concerts and what have it you. It was probably like a relaxing payday. Yeah, you know? probably, yeah, I don't know what it is today, Avatar. And it was September 11th, which added this weird air to the whole there thing. There was, and they had two shows. This was their second show of the day, so that's pretty impressive. Uh, I think their sixth show in total. 
six shows in Brooklyn, and they're, right. they're I can tell you want you, you want to know where they're going next. The Prudential Center, in New Jersey, I believe, is next. I think you're I right. Think yeah, playing I keep the getting ads for it after searching it, and <laughs> my computer keeps trying oh, to get yeah. me to go to the Prudential I get, Center. I get a lot of ads for it in like Facebook or whatever uh-huh. now. That yeah, targeted advertising for Cirque du Soleil, also for the steampunk one. Uh, uh, now merchandise spotlight. They had a merch table. They had a lot of stuff. A lot of the stuff was stuff you were supposed to like use while watching the show, like light up sort of shit and fucking wisdomadoos. Flower crown. Flower crown that lit up. The the flower crowns were on these busts that were like they were sort of like mannequin busts, but they had been painted with the face paint of the Naveen. They looked great. And I turned to Ben and I was like, if they had that for sale, I would buy that. Like I would just buy a mannequin head of a Naveen. Yeah, they were cool. Um, and then they had like a lot of Turuk stuff, like a plush Turuk. They had a Turuk kite. They had the soundtrack for sale. They had, like, a program. And then they had, like, a lot of shit that just said Turok on it, like a mug, a magnet, a T-shirt. They had a, they had a shot glass, but, like, like that was, like, a big one. <laughs> it was, like, a big shot glass. It had, like, big. you could get, like, three shots out of it. But, like, all this stuff was just sort of, like, a solid color and then just said Turok, the first flight, inspired by James Cameron's avatar. Like, it wasn't, like, super cool looking, right? But there was one item there that caught my eye. And I said, what sizes do you have that in? And they said, only children's sizes. And I said, can I try one on? They said, the biggest we have is 12. And I put it on, and it was snug, but kind of a perfect fit. And as Ben himself said, it it kind of wouldn't have been worth owning if it was any less tight than it was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it fits, the, it fits the the way that we just, you know, the, the way that everyone looked at the show. Svelte. Very svelte. Lean. Terse. Sinewy. It was a child's Navi yep. Yep. costume hoodie. I tweeted a pic. Uh, With the September 11th memorial in the uh, background. Yep. yep, the lights are lit behind me, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> representing the two towers that fell on that day, uh, much as Taruk fell on that day. Oh, my God. And um, we, uh, <laughs> the hoodie was made to look like Navi skin. It was the blue... With the lighter tummy and the stripes and, and the, the dots, ears, yeah. but it also had ears and and, and a little tail, and a little a tail. short yeah. tail, not a big tail. No, but it was a great item and no pockets either. Yeah, that was a little bit wow. of a bummer. I but but that. I'll give them props for like accuracy. Like Navi don't have pockets in their tummies. Uh, no, they don't. Well, no, I don't think so. My only complaint about it they're was not that, a pouch like people. No, they're not. Uh, my only complaint about it was that it wasn't um like a like a full body onesie. Like the only thing that could have made it better for me is if I had the bottom half. I'm sure you could get such a thing. Just buy the bottom half of a Navi? No, just a jumpsuit. Sweatpants, yeah. 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 Uh, but it was great. I loved it. Um, it. Get you a hoodie that can do both. Absolutely. This kept me warm once there was a, a chill uh, 9-11 breeze coming through. But it also helped me, uh, you know, we're look, if we know anything, it's that people have a hard time leaving the world of Pandora. Right. Why the motion picture made 700 some odd million domestic. dollars domestic because people had to go back and now i can feel like i'm always back in pandora with just the flick of a hood atop my head yeah i don't know i detected no real enthusiasm for the world of pandora i feel like i'm worried about avatar too but like en- the enthusiasm might be gone enthusiasm for my hoodie and oh, for your hoodies sure yeah now here's the biggest takeaway i had from uh, to rock the first flight right yeah based on avatar this was the biggest thing it did for me okay what it was one of the greatest uh, sort of um, explanations sure. of it's the singer, not the song I've ever seen. Okay. Because, like, watching this show that is not directed by James Cameron and is set within the world of Avatar, you're like, this shit's pretty dumb. <laughs> yes. This yeah. shit's, like, not that cool. Oh, 
boy. And it isn't like I and mean, it makes Pandora and the Navi seem real stupid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you're just like, and everyone makes fun of Avatar. And it's easy to make fun of Avatar because it's pretty primal and it's pretty right. like broad, you yeah. know? Absolutely. But it was always like, the dude just knows how to fucking sing it, right? And you look at, like, you know, like, Avatar the movie, for me, and we'll have discussed this at length in the previous episode. Yeah, so let's not go too crazy. But Avatar the movie, for me, is, like, is like Aretha Franklin singing Happy Birthday. You know? <laughs> I see. It's, like, basic fucking song. And who is this singing Knows Happy how to Birthday? belt it. This is, like, me singing Happy Birthday. It's just me going, like, Happy Birthday to you, Happy Birthday to you. Wow. You know? Yeah. And it was, like... And then you, like, forget a verse. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not to, like, you know, like, uh, you know, um... Uh, criticize the wonderful performance of Cirque du Soleil because they all did their job very well, but it's just like the inherent material of Avatar is not that interesting. The only thing I'm interested in is James Cameron. And if James Cameron wants to tell stories that take place in Pandora, then I'm on board. Cause, sure, like, I'm interested in James Cameron's wonderful directing of action right. and like grasp of space and visuals. Right. And Jimmy Cameron is the mother Jimmy, tree. Jimmy Cameron. Jimmy Cameron's the mother tree, and I want to plug into his vision, you yeah. know? Yeah. But if you're like, oh, there's also another mother tree like off a rest stop in like New Jersey. And that's like Turok, the first hunter, it's uh, the first flight. I'm like, I, I don't really need to like do that. So it's like you said, like enthusiasm was waning. It definitely felt like we're at a low point in terms of cultural excitement over Avatar, right? Right. Perhaps as these films get closer, the excitement will ramp up, or very likely people will go into them being like, "This is gonna fucking suck." Which also is what happened before the release of Avatar, and what happened before the release of Titanic, and almost every James Cameron movie, people are like. He's going to fucking fail. Yeah. But then every time he just drops some fucking like November surprise on us. And we are going to talk about this a lot on the Avatar episode that people have already listened to. I know. But I'm just saying like it definitely felt like excitement had waned watching this. But I kind of like I I feel like Slippy Jim is going to like slip another one past us. You know who I think uh, had a great time at Taruk? Who? I was just looking on Getty Images and I came across uh, Mm. some pics of Sigourney Weaver holding up. S-W. S-W. Holding up uh, a little cardboard uh, thing, hashtag Taruk. And, uh, <laughs> at the premiere, I believe. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I tweeted it at Blank Check Podcast. Uh, we will retweet it. So just check it out. She looks happy to be there. She looks great. And uh, yeah, I'm happy for her. Sigourney, as we'll probably say in the last week, you know, in the Avatar episode, she loves Avatar. She loves Avatar. She's like, she loves she's Jim. Like, bring me back. I don't yeah. care how. Like, I want to be an Avatar she's too. Like so on board, and yeah. she like she threw a lot of shade at Hurt Locker for winning Best Picture. Like, she's like Avatar, yeah. Like she kept, I mean, like, but like Avatar though. Avatar though. Um. Yeah. So Turek did not like. Uh, I would say it lived up to my expectations, <laughs> which were low. Yeah, they were low. It didn't, like, stoke the flames of my excitement for the Avatar sequels, but it also no. made me, like, appreciate James Cameron even more. That's a good call. Yeah. 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 I thought it was going to be, uh, I would say that it, it did not meet my expectations. <laughs> I, I'm i not going to say that I thought it would be amazing. You but were I, probably the most hyped well, of us all. Because I love a silly, fun, right, like, tumbling right. show. It was, like, in the 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 um overlap of the, lang- uh, like, Venn diagram of everything you like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. silly costumes, jumping, You hopping. love sci-fi. I love sci-fi. Right. I love, love anything related to James Cameron. Right. Um, I love world music. Uh, yeah. So, went into this, and I felt, like, sort of the same way I felt when I... I think I was in ninth grade, and my French teacher took us to see an all-French 4D production of The Tempest, which I had never read. Cool. 
Uh, and so like what I just four yeah I need I, I still don't know it was like it was mostly just projections and maybe smells? like a hologram there okay. were no smells yeah. I I was looking forward to smells and did, get, I, did you get sprayed with water no I got oh. nothing okay. I just got like yeah it was just it was just uh projections so uh but anyway yeah that's what this felt like um pretty underwhelmed right uh let's also say that the music was not done by James Horner who has died. R.I.P. James. Uh, but they also like didn't reuse his themes. No, like they I wish just they the had music. His music sounded is good. Avatar. His music is not good. This music was like pretty because I had the soundtrack for sale, and I was like, it just feels like stuff they would play while you were getting a massage. Right. Like it doesn't really have any like real kind of emotional waves or like hooks to it. Yeah. Like it was just kind of like ambient, like you know, like elevator music. Right. Uh, but there was one track they played like on repeat after the show ended when we were like taking like it was hard to get out of the theater because there were a lot of people, right? And they just kept on playing a loop. This thing that was like da wa da da, yeah, da wa da ta, da wa da ta, da wa da ta, and it was just that like just cycling over really and over catchy. again. But it was really catchy, and I haven't been able to get it out of my head. Okay. And then there was a notification the second we walked out of the Barclays Center, being like, "Hey, download an exclusive track." On the Turok app. And a lot of you had already deleted the app. Yeah, I yeah. deleted the app before I got out of the building. <laughs> uh, All right, we're done. That we're was, done, so. That was Turok the first flight. Yeah. Uh, this has been the final episode of- Oh, I, uh, I didn't get to share my final oh, thoughts. Oh, Ben, final thoughts. Go ahead, Ben. Well, all right. So they used to do these kinds of shows on ice. Yes. And now they're doing, like, tumbling and stuff. Yeah. What's the next thing? The sky. Exactly. This was a show about the sky. I mean, this was starting to get into, like, tipping our hat to the future, which is, like, make it airborne, baby. Because, you know, we had Taruk flying, but, like, a lot of it was was literally grounded, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, I'll say this. If, you know, they had hired me to conceptualize an Avatar-inspired Cirque du Soleil show, I would have gone, like, fucking, like, don't even try to do a narrative. Sure. This isn't your strong suit. You're going to be reined in by what you can and cannot do within the confines of what Cameron is trying to plan out for the future of this franchise. Do a fucking, like, walk in with dinosaurs experiential thing. Like, when we walked in and the storyteller was, like, explaining the rituals that we were seeing and it was just, like, Navi doing Navi shit, I was like, if you do this but you do it to the nines and you make it really dramatic and you just have, like, here's a fucking hunting scene. Here's, like, their food. Here's, like, their this, the prayer. And you just show me, like, hyper-visual, physical things for, like, 82 minutes. I would have, like, been more down than this where it felt like at times they had to, like, pay service to the story, which was already so, like, secondary that it was, like, you know, moving along. Yeah. Um, but I still give it a gentleman six. Right. I uh, give it an F minus. That's what I gave it. Uh, this, is, uh, this has been. Uh, out of 10? Yeah, out of yeah. 10. It could be a letter or a number. Ooh, like a D out of 10. I'm going to give it a C minus. Great. Uh, experientially, it was great, though. We had a great time. I think it was a nice little evening. It definitely was. Yep. Uh, this has been... A city bike tome. Podnator Judgment Cast. This has been Podnator Judgment Cast. What are we doing next? I don't know. And we have no final thoughts because uh, we haven't seen the other movies, so we don't like have... Well, we've seen the other movies. Well, but I'm saying, you know, we go on this journey, and by the end of watching all these movies in a short period of time, we have some sort of summation thoughts. We'll have those in our Avatar episode. Let's predict the election results. No. Oh, Jesus Christ. Will this drop after the election? I think so, yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck. Uh, I don't even want to talk about it. Oh, my God. During this show, okay, I had my phone last thing. Yeah. I had my phone out uh, to use the app. 
and I got a New York Times alert that Hillary Clinton had pneumonia, and I, I would say that it colored the second act of the show for me. This was the morning, uh, the day of the the fainting. Yeah, the, in the, the, the car, sort of obviously. scary yeah, video of right. her. Never forget. So, I don't even want to talk about it. My heart's actually like beating I'm getting a little faster. Thinking about so having I to live. So I hope that I'm going to listen back to this episode and laugh and be like, "Oh God, we were so worried, but things turned out okay." But maybe I won't. Maybe I'll be in a very bleak world. I mean, uh, the question is: Will the earthquake? Uh, you know, metaphorically uh, open up the volcano and create a, a lava world in which we can no longer live? Or will metaphorically a Tura come down from the sky and pat it gently and, you know, if not ultimately resolve everything, just allow things to maintain a status just quo? Tap its wing into the just, lava. I'm actually really alarmed. I don't like it. I don't and uh, I'm excited for whatever filmmaker we decide to talk about next, I guess. Yeah, look, Who's I mean, we, we have a couple people we've talked about. Yeah. We'll do a Twitter poll between the time that we record this and when the thing will happen. And yeah. hopefully the episode before this one, we will announce something and you'll be annoyed that you're listening to this part where we don't know. Or hopefully it just is the apocalypse. So Yeah, then we, you know, that'll Jesus, save us a lot of work. Guys, we won't have to record episodes if the world has ended. Yeah, we'll just there won't be any Rachel's Rachel making a face. Uh, All right, bad note to end on. Good note, James Cameron's great. Medium note. Cirque du Soleil is whatever. Right. Great. Uh, yes. Tune in next week for the first episode of Pod Dogs, our miniseries about the films of Walt Becker. Absolutely not. No, next week will be uh, Ben's choice. Ben's choice. Uh, or, it might, I mean, there's some other one-off ideas we've talked about. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'll just throw this out. Fine. We have talked about, I, I do want Fine. to, at some point, do episodes devoted to THX 1138 and American yeah. Graffiti because... Lucas. Lucas is the only filmmaker that we haven't covered in totality because we just were doing the Star Wars movies. And I'd love to do his two Star Wars movies someday. Well, maybe we will. Maybe we will. I don't know. I love you folks so much. Um, love you back. Love you. Love, I love my blankies. Uh, you, do you know there's a Reddit group? What? Someone's, For a blank check? Someone created a blank check Reddit group and there's one post in it and it hasn't been responded to at all. So I just want to start directing people to the blank check Reddit, Reddit group. What is it? Maybe R slash blank check pod. That didn't work. Is it all about living in the blank check universe and never leaving? Yeah, that's the goal. Um, There is a blank check Reddit, but it's about the film blank check. There is one for our podcast. It might be slash blankies. I got it. It's uh, reddit.com slash R slash blankies. Yep. There you go. Yeah. Wow, that's a pretty good grab. Yeah. Great. Uh, everyone go to reddit.com slash. Yeah, yeah. Keep, keep supporting us. It's We appreciate it a lot. Uh, and hopefully exciting stuff coming in the future, including new miniseries, new power cleansers. And new, who knows? Sky's the limit. We're like Taruk flying up up into the sun. Uh, thank you. Thank you for listening. And as always. Yes. I really, really hope Donald Trump wasn't a little good president. Agreed. Uh, we just heard that the ninth floor of the UCB is going to conduct a fire drill, so that's good. We we don't have to. Great. Good Great. Idea. Okay, good, cool. Good, good. So we're going to not do that. <laughs> Leave that in. It's going to go off. So, yeah. Cool. How's that going to be for us? Well, well oh, there we go. There it, there it is. is. Okay. There it is. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> ben, you can put this at the end, maybe. This is a uh, lot like being at Taruk the first flight. You know what? Definitely. Actually, yeah. <laughs> so this... Uh, <laughs> This is a rare morning occur- recording for us. I overslept in that I woke up a minute after we were supposed to start recording. Yeah. 
got here almost an hour late, yeah. and then now there's a fire drill. You know, these things happen. It's how it works at yeah. the Manhattan office buildings, and uh, that's, that's that's you know, that's the thing, and that's how it goes. I will say that is the shortest fire drill. It was pretty fire. short. They did one blare. All right. we should be, Let's get back into the thing. This has been a UCB Comedy production. Check out our other shows on the UCB Comedy Podcast Network. 